Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Archery Country Podcast this is your host, WG, as we're getting set to take you on this little roller coaster ride called uh, Shop Talk. We're in the Rogers studio sitting with Keith, Pelt John, and Dan Block, and also Jack O'Pats. This is the crew. This is our hood. These are our boys. You heard the St. Cloud podcast, and we got a lot of awesome feedback on the Shop Talk. Kind of a little background, a little history, a little passion search, more or less. So we decided, why not do it with every shop? There's no competition, I promise you, between shops, but there is. So we're going to do it bigger and better. Welcome, boys. How is everybody doing? Real good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, That's nice. Good. Nice. The cool thing about this podcast is we got a little... uh, we're letting, letting the chain out a little bit. We're going to have a little fun. This is going to be more of a social interaction, more of an entertaining podcast. And uh, we're going to get down and talk about some things in the shop that a lot of people don't uh, get to see or hear. And everything's good. Everything's cool. We're not going to single anybody out, but we're going to have some fun. So starting it, as we did, kind of tradition, the oldest and wisest would be to my right, but we're going to go with the gentleman that has been here the longest with our tree country, Mr. Dan. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, kind of where you got started, uh, how you, you actually didn't start in the Rogers. You started Rogers, but you didn't start working for Archery Country in the Rogers location. Correct. Yep. So uh, kind of <laughs> where you came from, you know, your background. Uh, obviously, we have a pretty good idea on that, but uh, just a little bit more insight with your history of Archery Country. So I, uh, I actually got into archery. Um, actually bow fishing. I grew up on a little private lake out by Clearwater and my dad bought me a little bow when I was eight or nine years old and uh, pretty much all the summers I would I'd wait in the water wouldn't even use a boat and shoot fish in the shallows and that's kind of how I got into the sport and then um, I have an older cousin who's about four years older his name is Sam and he'd do a lot of 3D shoots out by Avon and uh, the St. Cloud area and just kind of got into local 3D shoots and really got into archery in high school and and whatnot i i really didn't even play any sports i just hunted a lot in the fall and uh <clears throat> basically from there i went to the st cloud store a couple times bought a few bows from them and uh asked if they were hiring and jake the owner pulled me off to the side asked me a few questions <laughs> and the next day i pretty much had a job so this is after high school correct yep okay so a uh, year or two after high school Right on. So you've been here a long time, well, a while. Yep, 2009. Uh, I, th- I believe uh, you and Buck are the oldest employees, or not oldest, but longest. Yeah, Brandon's uh, been there since, I think, 2003 or 2004, and then I started in 2009. And then uh, this, the shop here in Rogers, where we're sitting today, this is going on eight years? 2013, so nine. Nine yeah. years. And you actually helped in... For those of you that never been to the Rogers location, it's actually a, I guess you call it a mini strip mall, kind of. It's a building with three or four. Correct. Yep. Suites. Suites, yeah. <clears throat> and then you actually, a, a lot of these walls you built. Yeah, actually where the, the work area is would actually a bridal shop. So we actually sheetrocked everything and moved some stuff around and built the range. and That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not carpenters, so. No, if, I, if meant, I, meant the bridal, I meant the bridal shop. 
<laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, so yeah, you've been here since, I mean, this is kind of your baby in a sense. You're the manager. Yeah. Um, you've had a lot of employees. I didn't say a lot. You've had some awesome employees in the past mm-hmm. um, where I know I'm very appreciative of the opportunity here because of you and Jake, of course. You're, we'll, we'll kind of go around the history and then we'll talk a little bit about passions because <clears throat> you do a lot more than just archery. Yep. Um, you're kind of a gun connoisseur as well. You do some stuff out west, bow hunting, and, and you've actually had a very extensive, uh, I wouldn't say career, but you, you've hunted a ton out west, probably more than most of us sitting here. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, yeah more than me. I mean, I went to I, school I'd say out you west. Probably, you probably hunted out west more. Uh, mainly just yeah, here. I mean, I suppose. I yeah. mean, it helped that I was there for four years. And then kind of grew up way out west. But we'll get to that. It's not my turn. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, Keith. Yes, sir. I think you got one of the coolest stories. You and I are a lot of like where we, we kind of had something going before pro shop life. Yep. Um, take us on your little ride. Well, I appreciate the uh, oldest comment coming in. Thank you. Well, uh, I mean. Oldest yeah. but the wisest. <laughs> I know. That's just right. how you put butter on it, though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can't so, frost a cake that's not baked, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There you yeah. go. Um, so, yeah, so as far as getting into archery, you know, when I was 12, I decided I wanted a bow. Um, ended up with my dad's second-hand, third-hand old Darton SL50. Ended up buying it back from a friend of his to get me back in. You, know, you actually in. remember the model. I do. Actually, I, somebody traded one in here two years ago, and I bought it. <laughs> because yeah. I wanted it and it's sitting in my sentimental. It's exactly the same bow. Yeah. Right on. Um, never killed a deer with it, but <laughs> anyway, so started there. Um, bow hunted, shot 3d for ever, you know, like when we were growing up in Pennsylvania, there was a 3d shoot every Sunday. So we'd go that me, dad and my brother, we actually got my dad back into bow hunting. So that was kind of cool. Um, so the three of us go shoot 3ds every, every weekend. And, um, you know, became a, a passion for me, obviously. Ended up <clears throat> moving around. I went to culinary school, ended up working at some hotels, casinos around the country. I worked in uh, oh, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, and then I ended up getting a job working with uh, IndyCar and uh, traveling around doing the chef thing with them. And in the meantime, ended up finding these guys when I moved here. Um, started shopping here and then decided with my off time and, and the, you know, the downtime in the off season, it'd be good to come in and get a part-time job. And Dan made the mistake of hiring me. And, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, yeah, we'll do some part-time stuff. And then that was right about the time, kind of similar to your story, you know, kind of, kind of about the same time COVID hit and everything else kind of petered out or slowed down. And this picked up really well. So turned into full time and I'm loving it. And you, you, uh, you, so the guys in St. Cloud were all within 30 minutes of the store. You actually live a little bit further south yep, than yep. any of us. I'm out in Howard Lake, yep. But uh, pretty good, pretty good drive. Yeah, um, yeah, 40, 45 minutes, but. But it was a, it was an easy transition for you. Um, like you say, you and I have kind of a unique story. We weren't really pushed into this situation at all. all. Right. I don't I ever want that to come off like that, but we were nudged. Yeah, because yeah, actually, I mean, how many years were you? Right, yeah, I did yeah sixteen years, you know, on the road with uh, a couple different programs, but yeah. And when we say IndyCar, like 
big time, like the big names. Yeah, I mean, like we the, we get the enjoyment. You tell some pretty cool stories, which we may get to. Yeah, like, like it wasn't dirt track racing. It was. Yeah, it was no, IndyCar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. IndyCar, and then it, in what's now IMSA, which was the old uh, Tudor series, the the Rolex series. So sports cars too over the last few years, I, or last handful of years, ended up working a couple different series. Um, yeah, you know the biggest, my favorite part of all of it, I think, was when I was working for Penske. You know, Team Penske was kind of where I started in it and then ended up back there towards the end. And I say the end, I'm, I still kind of work with them. I still consult for them a little bit, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. And then all of that time that you were out West and then running the, the road, you know, but you still had time for archery. Yep. Yep. And, still, and your brother is very, I mean, you guys hunt a lot. Yeah. Together, we hunt together shoot a, lot. a lot together. Yep. Yep. Shoot 3Ds and hunt together. And yeah. he lives here now. Correct. Yep. Yep. He moved up here now. So that's nice. And, uh, yeah, I did have a high, took a hiatus when I, my shoulder, you know, I, I you know, I had that shoulder issue and uh, I had a few years where I didn't bow hunt at all <clears throat> and then uh, realized I could shoot lefty and I ended up switching over and now I'm, I haven't, sh- you know, there hasn't been a season I haven't shot. So, so let's, let's break that down just a little bit. Are you right eye dominant? Yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of times, and you guys can attest to this, people will come in and they're left eye dominant shooting right hand or right handed, right eye dominant. Not very often do we see them shooting opposite on the left-hand side, but you were, you had to. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. <clears throat> you weren't going to not shoot archery because your shoulder went shit. Right. You just went and switched left-handed. Yep. Uh, you're very, very good left-handed. It, okay. You can shoot when you're healthy. You can shoot right-handed still. Yeah, yeah. Lower, actually, lower poundage. Yep, yep. Well, after the years of shooting left-handed, I actually built the muscle mass around that shoulder to, where it would hold up a little better. And I started to be able to shoot right-handed again, but I still leave it left-handed just for good measure, just in case. It's, it's a good measure. Yep. Jacko, you are, uh, Jacko Pats is the youngest. Are you the youngest employee? Yeah, I think so. I, I guess I would I definitely would. say, yeah, I am. I think you are, yeah. Um, but you've <coughs> been, <clears throat> you actually been with Archery Country longer than Keith and I. You started in St. Cloud. Yep. Um. Jack gets picked on a lot because of his hair. <laughs> no, nah, he's a good dude, and, and you you do very well in the pro shop for being so young. Like, when, when customers come in, that's one that they'll say the younger guy, you know, because we're all kind of the same age. But uh, we're obviously high school wasn't very long ago. But how, how, do, how did you come up in archery? Did you start when you were real young, or where does the story start? <clears throat> Yeah, so my dad's a big outdoorsman. Um, he had a bow in my hand at age 10. I shot my first doe, and from there, I mean, me and him just bond in the outdoors. We had a, have, still to this day, a great time going on trips and stuff like that. Um, how I got tied into archery country really is just I was working around the area in the outdoor industry. Um, I remember Brandon set me up when I was a kid, you know, like 9, 10, and uh, I swung in one day. I'm like, hey, is there any part side like cardboard anything and I started working you know a couple hours here and there next thing I knew I was full-time and then from there um a job opening opened up when I forget who it was I think it was Nate who was gonna leave and uh they were gonna hire full-time so Brandon was gonna put an ad out and I was like wait a second you think it's possible that I could take that and go full-time instead of part-time because I was really I really love it here and uh 
Next thing I knew, I was working full-time in St. Cloud. That was in 2020 and then landed here over COVID, and now I'm in Rogers. Now you're stuck. (laughs) Did you actually take cardboard out in St. Cloud? It was like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was like, honestly, it was only like a couple days a week, and then I just kept getting put on the schedule more and more, and then I was part-time after I took, I filled a position there, and then, like I said, I... I thought about it, you know, I went to school for a year and I just, I talked to Brandon, I'm like, hey, um, this ad, you know, is there any way that I can fill I this for you? And I, uh, I just, I figured, you know, school's always an option. I mean, I didn't want to pass up that great opportunity, so I jumped on that and parents and everybody else were all on board, so. Absolutely. The, uh, that's a lot of people don't understand. I mean, it's just like any job. There's the, the full timers are the only guys that you hear on the podcast. I don't know if we've had a part timer on in 33 episodes. Maybe we have, I don't know. Um, but that we do have some part time help. Uh, a lot of down here in Rogers, a lot of the guys will work weekends. We have three, 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 three. Yep. Great. They're great, great guys. One of them actually worked full time and then got a different job and then comes back and helps us. So every once in a while you'll see a new face, but the uh, like Jacob Irwin, he's been here with a couple a year or two, I think two yeah. years now. Yeah. But he was a customer since I remember him <clears> in <throat> St. Cloud. Oh um, yeah, and then Zach, he actually works right in Graco or at Graco and Rogers here. Yeah. and then Isaiah was a was actually a full time employee for a couple of years here too. So and that you know that's that's the, kind of the same situation arises is like John was a customer and then became an employee. And then, um, Adam, we talked about in St. Cloud was a customer and then an employee, Jack, uh, Keith, I was, a, <clears throat> I was Dan's customer, I guess you could say, uh, <laughs> got asked this the other day why I didn't really talk about my past. And that's because I'm, I'm not, we're, we're associated with Archer country as a whole, but we have our locations and I'm part of the Rogers location. I was a customer. I remember, I can remember it like as yesterday. I was actually, I, I did a lot of shooting at a different shop and had some buddies that ran that and uh, they kind of went belly up and I just, <clears throat> this was back like right when we were getting smartphones, right? And uh, looked up Archery Country. I thought it was a box store just like Cabela's. I didn't know anything about it and I stopped in and Dan was the first guy that I'd seen and then we went from there. I traded in, I think, three bows and got one bow and then... Three PSEs. Was, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yep. And then... Uh, it was, I, I, I didn't really ever work for you, but I, for many years, I just, I, I turned into sh- shooting for the shop yep. as, as far as target archery and kind of Dan was my guy. And, and, and I remember, you know, we had a few other, Isaac would help me out once in a while there at the end, but then kind of came on. For those of you that don't know, uh, for 17 years, I announced, if we back up before then, how I got started, I guess. Let's I really, hear it. Let's hear it. I know. I was, I was young lad. I, I grew up in Miltona, which is north of Alexandria <clears throat> and, uh, bow hunting. We had a small pro shop, but we never went there, right? Like fleet farm and Kmart that that's where we went for outdoor products. I remember I said, dad, I want to get into archery. He's like, okay. He had a bow that was 28 and a half inches and I was probably 26, but he took an old wrestling mat. We had a wrestling mat down in the bottom of the basement. He took off a corner of it. And he actually duct taped the grip. It was three extra inches so that I could, when I drew, I could actually see through the peep. And that's what I started with. 
And then my uncles are very avid, and they actually bought me a bow for Christmas. And I don't. I think it was a brownie. I'm not as good as Keith. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it wasn't very good. I'll tell you that. And then went on, and I remember buying my first Hoyt, and uh, and then just carried on. I I didn't really get into target archery until I moved down after college, and it was I now I was announcing full time. <clears throat> met my wife now my wife at the time and we lived in maple grove and i got into target archery in 2015 and then i was the dumb guy who bought one off of archery talk and it was wrong and i had to get it fixed and uh then it just kind of went i shot bow hunter class for a couple of years and then dabbled with the open and then all of a sudden it took off and i did that route for a while i still i still compete quite a bit not as much as i did once with the uh with announcing, like I said, I did that for 17 years. Went all over the United States. Never left the United States, but I got a great opportunity to grow fast. Once in a while here in the shop, I'll break out the old announcer voice, and, and guys will get a kick out of it. But it was, it was a character. I stepped into a character and played a character for two and a half hours, no matter what it was. Because no matter where we were, it doesn't matter if we were in Buffalo or Clearwater Rodeo is a, a rodeo that a lot of people know that I've, I've called for many years. You don't want to hear some Norwegian slash crossbred speaking Minnesotan on the microphone. So, you know, there's a character that I stepped into and, and it, it is my voice, but it's not my voice. And anyways, that, that took place. And then the dreaded uh, COVID, the, the unfortunate thing about that is the very first thing that got wiped away was entertainment. You know, the big scare, no one could be together in a, in a packed area. Well, concerts and, rodeo and anything outside or inside that got washed away indycar indycar (laughs) so and and uh, you know the cool thing is we had contracts the uncool thing is a contract will not uphold on any sort of pandemic everybody has a a venue so you know you go from announcing 75 performances a year to announcing six you got to do something and uh, dan gave me an opportunity it was a couple day a couple hours a week couple days a week you know, kind of whenever I showed up, they had something for me to do. And then by the grace of, if, you know, you believe in it, a good Lord upstairs said, here's an opportunity. You can stay home. You can get off the road. You can have less, less expenditures. You can, you know, raise your kids the right way and do it. And I worked out and I've been here and I love it. I love every aspect of it, even taking cardboard out. (laughs) But that, that's my story. And there, I mean, there's a lot I left out of it, but that's, that's where I come from. Now, you know, at some point, we're going to have to have the voice on this. I'll give you a little dabble as we, right. we get into it. I want to put you on the spot. More comfortable. Can you put like, a, like an upbringing on your little thing here? I don't have a record. I don't have a recorded oh, button. Okay. But right. the, the intro, the outro, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that that's me. I mean, a lot of people do. I, I know we have. Now. We do have customers that think it's Dan. But it's <laughs> <laughs> a country podcast. It's because he says it all the time. <laughs> He's very good at it. Oh, you're, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, the passion that, I, I like this word passion because we, we do have it. We're not just bow junkies that are in the shop wrenching and fixing and setting up. We love it. That's a major, major portion of our life. A lot of people don't understand this. I see you guys more than I see my family, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. during busy season. So we are a family. I mean, we work off each other. And this... This is the easiest, but one of the hardest jobs in the world as far as you got to be able to go 100 miles an hour. 
all the time. Even right now, it's not the busiest time of the year, but you come in on Saturday. And good Lord, Susan, you're going to have to have your britches pulled up. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a maze and we get through it. But there's a, there's a drive outside of these doors that we all clinch on. Um, I have hunted out west, had a lot of success. The whole whitetail, you know, shoot, I, I still yet to shoot a huge buck. But, you know, the goal was Pope and Young, and I've got to there. And I, and I don't want to get caught up on the whole score deal. I just want to have great hunts. Um, <clears throat> I really get a kick out of trail cameras. Like, I think it's it's added so much. And I guess if I were to ask, what's your passion besides, okay, the adult thing for me to say right now is taking my boys out and getting them going. <clears throat> but, I'm you know, it's, I still like to hunt for myself. Uh, I do go to the Dakotas every year. And then Minnesota, I got some pretty cool properties. So I guess that would be my passion, though. Like, what I drive for is accuracy. Um, from arrow builds, target archery gives me that opening, that venue. From shooting paper, which is absolutely boring, inside to shooting 3D, which I love, to now uh, field archery has become a pretty good passion. Like, I really, one thing that gets me going, like I think about, 20 hours of the day is how to make my setup better, how to make it more accurate, how to make me more accurate. You know, every shot needs to hit exactly where the pin or the dot is. That would be my passion. Correct arrow build, tune, you know, everything that I'm learning in the shop, I implement and then vice versa. Everything I know I implement into the shop. So it's, that would be mine. But Jack, let's go opposite way around the horn. Like what you have a lot of success hunting. When we say West, you're still East river. Correct. Yeah. Like you're you're kind of our whitetail good, you know. Um, you've had a lot of success. Yeah, I haven't really dabbled a lot with uh, anything else, really. Um, just hunting South Dakota whitetails. I haven't had the chance to go on any elk hunts or mule deer hunts or anything like that. Um, I've had the privilege, spoiled really, as far as private property goes, around Minnesota, and then also um, being able to hunt private in South Dakota. Uh, uncle also has acreage in New Richmond, Wisconsin. So I've had a lot of, a lot of different spots I can go to. So I feel like it's tough for me to leave those. And, you know, I, I'd love to go mule deer hunting and stuff like that, but I just, you know, I, on my own cold Turkey, I just I stick to the whitetails. Yeah. And where is that your passion? I mean, is there anything else? Like you don't have to get in deep, but I would, just being out really i just escape reality being in the tree that's there's nothing better you and nature i mean Mm -hmm. you can't beat it you do a lot of shed hunting too don't you yeah um i i'd like to do more but um also you gotta get out of bed yeah (laughs) (laughs) you turkey you're obviously maybe not obviously you turkey on quite a bit yep yeah i really you know, that's probably one of my bigger passions too is um, turkey hunting. I really enjoy calling, decoys, stuff like that. I um, actually got my grandpa his first bird. He's 75. I got him that two years ago. So it, when I fill my tag, you know, I still like to go and I like to take a lot of people out and I really enjoy that. You know, we fell short last year, but yeah, I was gonna say I it not. It's the first time it was. It's the first time in my life I ever actually had somebody take me to their property, as far as turkey hunting. <clears throat> we got close. Yeah, we got close. 
Grandpa wouldn't let us shoot the one in the backyard, but yeah. actually he probably would have if we, we had to work. Yeah, we had to get going. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that was a good good encounter. But, yeah, just overall, the outdoors really is my biggest passion. I mean. And a lot of people don't know, but you're a natural caller um, you're, with your mouth. He doesn't use a, a diaphragm reed caller. I mean, you can use a box call and a slate call, but you, you, you're a natural caller. Not very many people can do that once in a while. Uh, Daniel, um, what do we do, uh, man? Yeah, I, I've hunted the Midwest. I've hunted, uh, Dakotas quite a bit. Um, a lot of Nebraska the last couple, probably 10 years, actually, uh, Kansas I've hunted. Um, my in-laws actually live in Wisconsin, so I've kind of hunted everywhere. Um, I have three kids, so it's been a little bit tougher ever since having kids just going on trips and stuff, but still enjoy them. Um, I like to shoot guns and rifle shooting and stuff. Uh, I love to shoot fish. coyotes. Yeah, I love shooting coyotes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I like to ice fish. I like to be in the boat. I like to yeah. Shoot I my wish boat. everybody could meet Dan's boys. His daughter is this perfect little angel, and then he's got Minnie Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake. <laughs> <laughs> The, the videos of these two, they're the coolest boys in the world. And uh, I'm just going to warn you, you're going to have your hands full. Yeah. I mean, you do already. I was going to say gunner. <coughs> yeah, they're they're pretty wild. But they're fun, so. I wanted to bring up a TV story. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'd say it's on the table. Yeah, right now we got a brand new TV. <laughs> explain the explain to us why we got a brand new TV before the Super Bowl, Dan. Uh, yeah, so actually Easton, um, though the twin that came out first, he's he's kind of reckless. He uh, he grabbed onto the corner. It was actually just on a TV stand, um, and actually tipped it over, <laughs> knocked it over. Which is luckily no one actually got hurt. But yeah, fifty-five. Yeah, everybody's TV cool. Came Every- crashing down. Yeah. Uh, are they ident- I, I yep, they're identical? They're identical. Yep. And Easton and Easton and Riggs. Riggs. Yep. But Easton was a couple minutes first. Three minutes Three first. Minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. They're gonna be uh, between those two. And and Ridge, big son, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our shops are. We better put up safety nets. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you you do other do other things than archery. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, and uh, like you say, you're always busy. Yeah, no sleep. No, <laughs> and then yeah, I have, I have a lot of hobbies. I don't really um, dedicate my time towards just one hobby, yeah. which is kind of universal yeah i like right. that word keither yeah buddy out east how come you don't have an east do they have an eastern accent in pennsylvania uh yeah where you were yeah yeah, yeah i mean a little yeah i mean your bit. dad kind of has mm-hmm. a little bit of you can hear it a little bit your brother once in a while yeah my brother and his wife still you've been kind of midwesternized i and, guess yeah, yeah i moved around enough i think you know i left <laughs> pennsylvania when i was uh, 17 eight right out of mm-hmm. right out of high school yeah um so yeah, I think I've just moved around enough where things kind of settled. So you still yeah. you still go uh, back east and hunt. Still, yep, still go back east and hunt. Um, we try and go up on the mountain with dad every, uh, you know, every gun season, and uh, then I, uh, you know, as far as my, you know, passion outside of this, I mean, gun hunt back east with dad. My western hunting um, has been pretty limited lately, obviously, but. Uh, <clears throat> I've hunted uh, Montana, Colorado, um, 
went to New Mexico with my brother when he got a tag down there. Um, when he shot his first bull, that was really cool. He shot it the day before I got in, so that was great. So we just got to do all the work after I got there. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I love being in the woods, you know, as far as hunting goes. I mean, whitetail, you know, hunting out of a tree stand with the bow is really my my go-to for that. Um, this year I was pretty limited on that. I know we've talked about that before. I ended up with a crossbow this year because of back surgery. But uh goal is get back in a tree this year which you were successful with yeah well you might be the only one here that's ever shot a crossbow and harvested an animal i know i haven't i haven't i haven't oh, there you go there you go there you go give her the go there we go give her the beans for the old guy <laughs> if you ever call a shop and he answers a silver fox <clears throat> that's keith silver fox go for silver fox go for silver fox um but yeah, I do. I do. Are you, you going to talk about the other stuff because it's cool as hell? Like what? Like choppers? The, the motorcycles? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone actually has old Harleys or anything. Yeah. yeah uh, sell them. Well, look at the look at the number at the bottom of the screen and <laughs> give me a call. Get a hold of Silver Fox right here in Archery Country. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like to like to play with old Harleys. I mean, it started out with old whatever motorcycles and just kind of narrowed it down. <clears throat> So yeah, work on old bikes, build choppers, that kind of stuff. But uh, that's my, I don't know, that's my at home time. We are uh, pretty blessed to have Keith here at the shop because if anything breaks, he can fix it. He can fix it. <laughs> yeah. Now that is not advertisement for any of you out there that come in and ask for Keith. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, you're a very knowledgeable individual. Well, I appreciate it. It's what handsy. It's what yes, uh, he, he's very. Yeah, what's the correct old? term for that? Is it, yeah, or is it old? <laughs> <laughs> okay. mechanically yeah. inclined. There you go. Yeah, yeah I like I like fixing stuff. <clears throat> I love it. All right, boys. So that was thirty minutes. Now the next thirty minutes is when we get to have fun. I took I took and talked to the guys in St. Cloud, and I said, "Tell me like one of the greatest thing." I started them off easy, right? I said, "Tell me one of the." greatest things about your job like what you've seen and i don't know if you guys listen to that podcast or not but some of the examples that came in and then we we dabbled and i said tell me one of the craziest things you've seen we're not going to point out customers but we <clears throat> as a pro shop in the archery world maybe not even archery outdoor world we see some stuff that is definitely needs to be talked about because it's funny after the fact maybe dangerous at the moment but it's it's funny Let's start. We'll do it easy. <clears throat> One of the greatest things that you've seen, Dan, you've been here the longest. Um, rewarding, and I know we don't want to be cliche and say like every customer is, you know, when they harvest an animal and they come back and they tell me that's that's the greatest part of it. But rewarding, you know, was it <clears throat> setting up a kid or was it setting up a, a gentleman for this hunt or was it, it could be anything. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways. I think it's when a gentleman shoots or, or really anyone shoots a really big buck that's great um for me you set up a 10 12 year old kid and he shoots his first deer there's nothing better than that just the smile on their face and i remember myself shooting my first deer at that age and how it's it's kind of like a rite of passage so for me i think just seeing the kids you know maybe be successful their first time have it be a turkey or deer or even a rabbit in the backyard or something that's that's kind of where it stems from meeting their goals. Yep. You know, um, on that Keith, 
What? <clears throat> we, Excuse we, me. We have the shortest. You woke me up. Here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he got too excited. He fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, he took the easy one. I know. I'm sorry. <clears throat> like we said, the, the cliche thing. You going to be all right there, cowboy? Maybe we'll just skip over. <laughs> all right. Am I back? All yeah, right. Good. Yeah. I kind of got um, a tickle in my throat, too. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, the kids are awesome. You know, I love I love working with little kids. Um, just seeing them learn something new. So that, he already took that one. But, um, like, you know, we have customers. I, I have one customer in particular that he's got, I think he's got seven boys. And they all go out west and they all elk hunt and they are all bow hunt and Heck, they're, they even share a bow, you know, between a couple of the boys. Like, they, you know, they really go out and hunt together. It's really cool. And then he'll keep in touch and send pictures in or come in and, and show us pictures of the boys or video, you know. And that one, I don't know, in particular sticks in my brain because never met them before they came in. And half the time I can't tell the boys apart because there's so many of them. Right. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, when they come back and they show you a success story, that's really, really cool. You know, especially if it's something you set up. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of the the friendships that you gain with yeah. the job. It's it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Some, really, we have some great right. customers. We yeah. really do. Yeah, and a lot of them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the cool thing is, if we are one of the bigger pro shops as far as archery country, three locations. But it's it's very rewarding, and I think to the customer, not just to us, um, when someone comes in and it's a first name basis. You know, uh, it doesn't even have to be a multi year relationship. Like there's some customers have been here since the start nine years, but even some guys that we met for the very first time last year and we just keep in touch. And when they walk through the door and it's a first name, Hey Mark, you know, how'd your hunt go out West? Yep. And they look at you cross-eyed, like, how do you even remember that right. I was came here one time? And you know, that, that kind of thing, like it's a, it's kind of a coffee, sh coffee shop feel, but it, it, it means something to us as the pro shop, the bow technicians, the salesmen, to where does it go after you walk through the door? You know, it's not just a high and goodbye relationship. Um, Jack, you've had, you've had a lot of customers with great success stories. Um, anything that kind of stands out? Just like personal connections you make with a lot of people working here. Um, find out how alike you are to a lot of people and you can, you know, keep in touch and you learn a lot from each other. Another big thing too is um, seeing you know, COVID happened, that wasn't good, obviously, but for the archery industry, how much it took off, and, like, to see all these new people coming in, it really, like, opened my eyes, like, holy cow, like, and I'm not talking, you know, like, people who have been shooting and are, like, upgrading bows, I'm talking, like, new people off the street, they had all the time in the world, they wanted to do something, and, you know, our shop was flooded, they wanted to shoot bow, they wanted to shoot bow, I just thought that was insane i mean i remember guys talking about you know how crowded public land was and stuff like that and it just was crazy it's um almost a dose of enthusiasm when we get and it's it's actually happening more and more and more now after covid's kind of gone away or what whatever freaking stage we are in this whole game right <laughs> <Yep>. but <clears throat> like the other day had a gentleman who just purchased 80 acres pretty close to here. Uh, Keith knows who I'm talking about. And the very first words out of his mouth was, I am absolutely brand new, not just to archery, but to hunting, yep. but he chose archery. Obviously he'd done some research 
And uh, just seeing that enthusiasm, seeing their eyes light up when, you know, we kind of, we, we get to saying the same things and selling the same things and going over the same things over and over and over and every day. And, and by all means, I'm not complaining, but it's almost like a, really, like I, I can tell them everything. It's, it's not somebody that is a 25-year-old veteran who knows exactly what's going on with broadheads and arrow tuning. And, like, it is completely fresh. Sometimes you got to stop, check yourself, say, okay, I can't overlook little things. Like, you got to explain what a D-loop is. Right. You got to explain that you look through a peep, you know. And that, that has become more, <clears throat> not satisfactory for me, but more, uh, it's entertaining. Yeah. Keeps me on my feet, you know what I mean, on the balls of my feet. Uh, I told this story in the last podcast about the gentleman. All he came in was one of the smallest sales you could ever talk about is broadheads. Wanted a, uh, had some problems with a particular broadhead and came in and got him a different broadhead. And uh, <clears throat> he came in after he harvested a very, very, very nice animal. He stood in line for roughly 25, 30 minutes just to say thank you. You know, that was that was like the... I, I literally, I said, you, you, you stood here in line to just say that? And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to say, man, that could have been any broadhead, but it was the one you picked out and you handed me in and I bought it and I shot him, That's you know, awesome. and it worked. And I was like, you know, it's not the big things. It's sometimes it's the little things on that. But, okay, on the contrary, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the little things can be, and this is what I want to dig in a little bit here. <clears throat> we see some stuff, some crazy stuff. Some cool stuff. We hear some stuff on that. Uh, let's go around the horn and and maybe one of the craziest things that you've seen or on uh, the basis of, you know, just oddball things that come in. Anybody can start. <laughs> I got to start. Uh, no names. Just remember no, that. You're right. You're right. <clears throat> uh, crossbow with a tracking string. What? crossbow with like the tracking string like oh, the, the old school oh uh, yeah. attach uh, the bolt uh, game, game finder whatever they call it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't do you know how incredibly fast that string's coming out of that little holder <laughs> yeah did it work i, I don't but apparently like he I've never seen him again <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that in a long time but i don't know who was working but he like actually said you know, when it's dark and he's like, oh, you know, not dark, dark, but like last light, you know, and you can't find your arrow. And it's just like, oh my. So you got to go through the animal and then go find your. Right. Right. I think he was getting to a point like he's probably not hunting during legal hours. <laughs> That's the best time to hunt. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, you, if you're going to do it. That's the way to do it. Uh, do we need a disclaimer for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to use your regulations. <laughs> Half hour after sunset. There you go. <clears throat> Covered that up. Good. That's a good one. Yeah. Some more. I had a gal in the St. Cloud store. This was like the first year that I worked up there, and when it was super busy, it was a what did she what was she demoing? A Matthews Jewel, I think. I think so, and. She was test shooting it for the first time, and she drew it back, and I said, okay, now just relax your grip. Just kind of loosen up your fingers. We don't want to torque the bow. When I said that, she actually released the riser, so she released her. She was shooting a right-handed bow, so she released her left hand. The bow came flying back at her, and my top cam hit her right. Oh, no. 
and my eyes were the size of (laughs) silver dollars i could not believe what just happened i said are you okay and and she looked at me kind of stunned and there was actually a little bit of blood coming down her forehead i felt so bad and i said i'll get you a band-aid so i went up top i grabbed a band-aid by the time it came back down she was gone oh awful oh ouch that's the last time that ever happened but right right accidents Accidents happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey. How fast they come back? Uh, I'd say about 200 feet per second. And if you're listening, we're sorry. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we took yeah. care of that. We uh, took care of that. Uh, Keith? Well, all I can think about is, well, I can think of a lot of things, but I think about that crossbow that Jack Reese drove. <laughs> that uh, he's, he's in the back and he's, Oh, the darting. Yeah, that darting. And we're in the back and came in just for a restring. And uh, then Jack did a good job on the restring and couldn't get the, the bolt or the arrow to, to seat, you know, against the trigger box. And, well, that's weird. And I said, Jack, give me that before you hurt yourself. <laughs> so then uh, luckily we're in the back room, of course. And I said, let me see that thing. And I take the bolt and I slide it in there and it doesn't want to go. And I slide it back out and I go to slide it back in a second time and it hits the trigger box and it goes off while I'm holding it and the string hits my hand and the arrow goes or the bolt goes into the wall up and luckily it was pointed in a safe direction. We always use safety third here. So we're in good shape. <laughs> um, so we, uh, I, Oh man, I think goes off and it was just chaos in my brain. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, it was, is, it was you, Keith, or sorry, you, Jack and I had that day. Yeah, and yep. then we looked at the trigger box and it was crammed full of Yeah, it was wax, like right? a, a bunch of lube or something. Yeah. You know, the um, rail lube, it got built up. And then, you know, over time, just it was like the perfect storm. We just had it in our hands when it happened. And, and, and then we actually did it a second time, didn't we? Didn't we test well, it? Well, we, yeah, a little safer that time just yeah. to make sure that. But, yeah, it was it was definitely not working. It had to go back. <laughs> but we, uh, I, yeah, I mean, uh, just plow and you hear stuff. Oh, my God, is everybody okay? It was like, <laughs> And it was, uh, yeah, the bolt went kind of through the wall into the back hallway and into that wall. And, uh, and we went back to work. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. We played it safe. The old butthole was puckered. Oh, day. man, it was. Uh, yeah, you, it was like, you filled your diaper, didn't you, Keith? Yeah, but yeah. That, well, of course. I mean, <laughs> it was earlier in the day than normal, but, yeah, we got her done. <laughs> Thank goodness it was us. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I well, mean, exactly. Well, and that's I, why maybe it was maybe they experienced the same thing, and then why we had it. I don't know. Yeah, but, no. well, yeah, it's we went first it because you look on the range. Yeah, people actually like loading up crossbows. It's not uncommon to see a guy load his bolt with the tip facing upwards. Right. I mean, it's it's super common. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could have been could have really been bad. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Um, and you know, on that note, that's why not to take the fun out of it, but when we test fire everything when we're, yeah. when we get done working on it, you know? And yeah. Luckily, we, did. Did. we got a really good plaster guy, um, sheetrock guy. <laughs> 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 a lot of times, and we purposely leave them in some of our demo ranges. I'm looking at one right now that's up. I don't know how high these ceilings are, Dan, but that one's uh, probably all of 15 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's stuck there and it's just an, it was an accident. Yep. You know, the releases malfunction or sometimes mm-hmm. you have the trigger drawn back or sometimes crossbows just go bang. So it happens. All right. I don't really have, I don't, I mean, the cool thing is, is like, I've already been on one of these podcasts and I kind of told the story about the, the coolest little dude in the world has his 
right-handed rest on our, our left-handed rest on a right-handed bow and it's mounted in front of the riser and then the drop away cord is attached to it. but it works it works yep every time exactly it works what you're talking about <clears throat> but uh i guess more one of the biggest pet peeves that i have it's not even really a pet peeve but it's like it makes me stop and think about what they're saying and this is a wide variety of customers but I missed, or I pulled back on the biggest buck I would have shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, how in the hell do you know that? Because you didn't shoot him. You don't <laughs> yeah. know if it's the biggest deer. Because it, it's always something, right? Right. You know, something, something. And, and like I say, it's equipment. It's hunting. It's not killing. But that would be one of my uh, my pet peeves. A big, a big one that's going around right now is, is actually a podcast that is going to be released next. And that's the Arrow Building the whole FOC, uh, I'm kind of going down the pet peeve road here, but if you're going to pursue something, have a little knowledge on what you're doing and don't just follow a phenomenon or a measuring contest, I should say, that's going on right now on the arrow deal. But uh, fantastic, funny things that have happened in the shop. You, we, I could think of a hundred of them driving into work, but now you put it on the spot right. and I don't know any of them, you know. There's been a lot of cool things. Been a lot Weird of things. A lot of, you know, towards busy season, you get those restrings where you don't know how the strings are intact. And you want a restring? Think it'll make another season? Well, <laughs> if you don't shoot it, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, or just the guy that, like, it's the day before opener and he mm-hmm. wants strings on within the next, you know, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, where were you? Mm-hmm three months ago yeah three four months ago exactly for those of you that listen then that need new strings on your bow you might as well come and see us in may and june (laughs) not july august september it's good practice we talked about that a lot um that kind of makes me think of the gentleman last year that called from his box blind that uh, he was in his in his stand hunting and uh said "Ah, i was just gonna check and see make sure i had enough room to draw where i had the chair and i dry fired it and my string broke and i want to hunt tonight and I said, well, I'll do the best. You know, you come right. in, I'll take a look at it. Yeah. And uh, luckily, I mean, the bow held up and um, he came in and we, we fixed him up and he got back and hunted that night. And I don't remember, I talked to him about a week later and I, th- I thought he shot a deer, whether it was that day or the next day or something. But yeah, it was, you know, once in a while you get lucky and can take care of somebody. I seen a uh, twine string wristling one time, like, not the orange plastic, but the the yellow looking mm-hmm. twine string. I seen a parachute cord D loop one time, like literally the stuff you buy at Flea Farm, like it, for climbing. Was this D loop? I've seen electrical wire for D loop before. Too. Serious? Yeah. I bet it held up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zip tie peeps. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Zip tie yep. peeps. Mm-hmm. We're really um, starting to make a lot of people feel bad. I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's not the idea. It's just, uh, it's funny. I mean, like if we went to an auto mechanic and some of the funny stuff they've seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, and we're not picking on anybody. We're just having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot more, there's a lot more good than a negative. It's just funny. I seen somebody take a 65, 70 pound bow and make it 105 pounds one time. <laughs> seen that. <laughs> oh, don't ask me how, but <laughs> we've seen that. Uh, you get a lot of those guys who, you know, they, they talk to you over the phone about their raven, about what's going on. 
can't figure it out. You try explaining them what to do, and then they come in and um. You're saying like it won't fire? Yeah, yeah. it won't just fire. It won't fire. The they drive 45 <laughs> minutes. They get here. It, all we got to do is just snap the bolt in and shoot it, and they're just just wasn't clicked <clears> on the string. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that does happen. It it does, and we try our darndest. Like every time we sell a crossbow or bow, we go over on the one on one in the range, and we're helping get them sighted in. And sometimes, I mean, little things can. You're who is calling us at 9:47 in the morning? None of us have a phone, so we can't answer it. But anyways, that's <laughs> the, the pro shop life. I don't know, guys. You got anything else you want to want to dabble on the pro shop talk? I mean, we could go on and if on. If you and ever on. seem like we're very frustrated or just very tired, it's probably because we are by the end of <laughs> September just because <clears throat> we do work a lot of hours, a lot of odd hours. We're here until midnight a lot. Doing restrings and and I think work, so. yeah it, we might as well ex- explain and dabble on that a little bit. So pro shop life, right? So December, November, December is new bow releases. Everybody's excited. Then we're getting custom orders. So January, February, March, we're kind of getting custom orders and people with new builds. And we have a lot of lessons and kids mm-hmm. leagues. So that kind of takes up our time here for that. <clears throat> it's actually when we can organize the shop and inventory and yada yada yada. Come. April, we're getting the turkey hunters going, and we're selling blinds, and bow fishing fishing is another big thing that has been around, you know. um, Then you get into that May, I guess, would May and June kind of right in the... Teeters off a little bit. A little bit. The turkey hunting's kind of done and wrapped up, and nobody's really on their summer quest yet. You're serious guys, maybe, but they've already probably already been in and, and just fine-tuned things. But once, I'd say, like, so our, our winter hours and July 4th, and then we start with our summer hours, July 5th, whatever day that may fall on. <clears throat> and we go back to seven days a week. And I would say from that moment, especially the last two years, until what, Dan, October 31st? Mid, mid, I'd say mid-October to mid, end of October. Yeah. <clears throat> like it's, if we're not here a couple hours before, at least an hour before, like getting things going. And then I think a customer's re- respect that a lot because our turnaround time is a ton faster than most shops restrings if we got to order strings you know basis on it that's going to be a week and a half min yep sometimes we can get it turned around if we got strings and stocked you know 24 to 48 hours but that's something you can't ever bank on but like you say it's it's eight o'clock until some i mean we had transfers we got to restock shelves there's a lot that goes into it i don't want anyone to feel sorry for us but that's the reasoning behind Magnificent, man, I can't even say the word. <laughs> long, long days, so that you can get your stuff and get going. Yep, it does help us if you don't wait until August fifteenth. Right. In the most part, I mean, don't get me wrong. You get a new bow, you get a new bow. That's if string breaks and you already it stuff happens. We understand that. But yeah, overall, it's uh, it's a it's a fun job. You know, it's uh, it is it's it's just like anything there's there's lows to every job but there's a lot of highs to this job though too it's it's a great great job and great guys that we work with and great customers that we work with and we've we've been blessed and there's been a lot of growth with the with the job so far too so we can't thank our customers and also we can't also thank our our owner enough exactly and we're and we're growing you you. know like we didn't do podcast up until two years ago right um youtube channel we got a new videographer that's doing an awesome job and we're 
we we've have, we've done product reviews, but maybe at a lower level, and now it's like in depth. We have social and, media gals mm -hmm. too, yep. and Desiree and Christina are doing a great job, and it's a huge team. It's a huge team in three locations. Each location has its star players, and then as a team, we do we do some awesome stuff, and that's another reason. I think a lot of people enjoy the pro shop here is because it kind of opens the eye when we say, Hey, I may, may not have a green ambush right hand 33, but let me call my other two stores and boom. Okay. It'll be here Wednesday yep. instead of ordering it. And it's three months or, you know, it, I just use an example like that, but <clears throat> we have ample opportunities to make it right for you. Yeah. If there's ever a product that you don't see, in one of your stores, we can always check to other locations. Yeah. So that's kind mm -hmm. of the beauty of it. And we got a good team on our, you know, the new products and ordering and keeping us stocked. And there's some, some products that we just can't. Yeah. It's supply and demand chain is gone. And I think Dan Anywhere. nailed it. I don't mean to interrupt, but I think Dan nailed it with, I mean, I'm real grateful to be here. Um, I think we do have a great team. Customers are just awesome. Jake's all right. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, even the customers, you, you sometimes you get your customers that want to come in and, and not talk, just come in and get their stuff and leave it. And we That's respect totally all right. aspects of it. You know, we got, got our online store that does great. So we can reach out and, and touch it. Everybody, if they're needing it, uh, we ship a lot of stuff through the shop here. I know we get phone calls every day. I don't know if our number is the first one on the, the website or why it works, but it works out really good for us. But no, I think, uh, I think it's just a cool, like we say, it was an entertaining, it was a sit back, relax. It was a podcast that we're not doing a sales pitch. We're not pushing any products and we're going to kind of go on the every other situation because we still really enjoy talking to the the guys and the gals in the industry, you know, bringing the new products. And, and a lot of people take our podcast in before purchasing just to listen to you. You can search through all of them. If it's an arrow builder, if it's a a bow or whatever it may be. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening. This was the Rogers location uh, shop talk. Make sure, again, if you're not uh, subscribed to this podcast, if you're just listening to it online or a YouTube channel, you can subscribe to that, get a notification. Also, check out our YouTube channel and ring the bell so you get notifications on that, Facebook and Instagram as well. On behalf of everybody at Archery Country Podcast, we'll see you on down the road. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast.